The Michael Duke Show. I have two guns, one for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my little friend! I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. The Michael Duke Show. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms. From my cold, dead hands. Friday. Firearms Friday. Yep, you bet. Uh, your chance to sound off on issues of a Second Amendment nature right here on the Michael Duke Show. Good morning and welcome to it. It is uh, that one day a week where we get a chance to uh, let our hair down a little bit and talk about the issues that we care about related to uh, related to the Second Amendment and uh, gun rights, and so much more. Good morning and welcome to the program. Thanks for coming in and joining us. Uh, We are broadcasting live, of course, across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or translator and uh, FM translator, for those of you who are choosy about that stuff. And, uh, of course, uh, broadcasting on the interwebs as well. We simulcast the show on Facebook and YouTube and Twitch and the uh, stream, audio stream, is on uh, michaellukeshow.com. And, of course, you can always go back and pick up the podcast later on uh, around the world at, uh, at uh, uh, where, well, wherever you find podcasts. Uh, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, CastBox, Stitcher, and Spotify. Yeah. So good morning. <clears throat> How are you guys doing? You ready to uh, dive into some stories? You ready to take some calls and uh, and talk things through and just see what it is that you guys have got to talk about? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm uh, all ready for it. Um, I <laughs> I was just I was debating this morning. Do I want to break my own rule? Um, only because, uh, let me be, let me be frank here. Only because there is some craziness still going on uh, in the governor's race, and um, I mean, I feel like I, <clears throat> I feel like I want to talk about this uh, for a second, um, just because. Uh, so I, I think maybe, um, I, I guess I will, I guess I will read this real quick. Just for you to think about over the weekend. Uh, so there was a press release yesterday from the uh, from the campaign of Chris Kirka. All right, Chris Kirka, gubernatorial candidate, along with Paul Hooper. And um, I just I'll, yeah, I read the headline last last night, yesterday afternoon, evening, whatever. And I just kind of looked at it and I thought about it. And then I 
I just was like, man, do I want to talk? Because it's timely and I don't really want to have to wait all weekend to, to get through it, especially since it's the long weekend. Uh, reminder, we won't be here on Monday because of the holiday. But um, <clears throat> anyway, this is the headline, press release. Kirka offers to stand at AOGA debate. That's the Alaska Oil and Gas Association debate. Asks Charlie Pierce for resignation and endorsement. Uh, why? Uh, in a recent events or any predictor of future outcomes, it seems like gubernatorial candidate Charlie Pierce does not see himself as a serious contender for the state's job and will drop out of the race soon. I don't know why, but Pierce, who recently resigned his position as KPB mayor under an administrative sealed cloud of controversy, has also decided to set out today's Alaska Oil and Gas Association gubernatorial debate. Lead spokesperson Peter Zeiss uh, resigned last Sunday, and the Pierce campaign has yet to reach out to the Kirk uh, Hooper campaign to consolidate his position and conservative support heading into the November general election. According to Chris Kirka, Charlie's decision not to participate in today's debate, especially considering recent rumors of borough controversy and radio silence from his campaign since the primaries, which is not true because he was on the program this week on this program. There was no radio silence there, but, you know, okay. Um, anyway, the the uh, radio silence um, is from his campaign since the primaries begs the question whether he actually still intends to run a serious campaign. Uh, throughout his campaign, Pierce has leaned heavily on his executive experience, leading a well-known local energy company as a primary reason for people to vote for him over others. Uh, Kirk has said, according to social media information, which is always right, of course, social media is always right. It seems Charlie is uh, opting to go on vacation rather than demonstrate his executive qualifications in a debate with Governor Dunleavy and other remaining gubernatorial candidates. If Charlie doesn't intend to run a serious campaign, he still has time to honor the wishes of his supporters who want a conservative alternative to Dunleavy. That is, of course, assuming Pierce has not duped his supporters and has been secretly working with Dunleavy all along. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just Kirker went on to challenge Pierce saying, Today I'm appealing to Charlie to either step up and fight back against any false salacious attacks that have been made against him, or to conversely salvage his remaining dignity, resolve to yield the field before September 5th, and let his conservative supporters know that he is endorsing the Kirka Hooper campaign going into the general election. Um with Pierce likely to abandon his bid for governor, this is all, again, speculation, Kirker called Aego to let him know that he would be more than happy to stand in in Charlie's place and participate in today's debate. <clears throat> well, there's a lot of hubris in this, uh, in this press release, which I guess should not be surprising from the Kirker campaign. Uh, a lot of hubris, and um, I mean, it's just... <sighs> wow. I mean, just wow. I mean, first of all, you know, radio silence. I don't know. Uh, Charlie was pretty uh, was uh, was pretty uh, uh, vehement in his support uh, and continued uh, work on the uh, campaign on uh, Monday when he was on the program. Uh, he also did address uh, some of the issues, and in fact, the borough attorney addressed a lot of the issues and said it had nothing to do with Charlie. That there was no other, you know, no no agreements. There was nothing. There was no this this whole thing has been ginned up. And you know, at any other time, you'd find Kirka, 
you know, lambasting and uh, and and castigating the Alaska landmine for the story on anybody else because it plays into his narrative of uh, Charlie Pierce is obviously on the way out the door. You know, Kirka is going to embrace the Inquirer style reporting of uh, of Jeff Landfield on this stuff. Um, so it's just, you know, any port in the storm. Um, so anyway, I just, I wanted you guys to be aware of this. I wanted to get a little bit of comment in on it before the weekend, simply because by then it'll probably be forgotten. But, uh, I just wanted to, uh, I just wanted to, I guess, point out the crazy that's in this thing, the the crazy that's in it, the self-serving craziness that is in this press release, uh, uh, talking about, you know, again, innuendo. And of course, social media is, according to social media, Charlie seems to be opting to go on vacation. Um, <clears throat> because of course, you know, social media is, uh, that is the, the last arbiter of fact in America is social media. It's just, just so many things wrong with this press release. I just, I don't even know, you know, how to break it down. Well, I guess I have broken it down. I've mocked it enough to break it down and, and give it all to you. Anyway, you can, I'm sure, go out to ChristopherKirka.com and they probably have this piece up there along with anything else to talk about, all this other kind of stuff. So, uh, <clears throat> by the way, I was aware that Charlie was going to step down long before it was ever announced. Uh, he had been toying with the idea. I know at one point going back weeks, deciding whether or not to step down as Kenai Peninsula borough mayor. But I think he wanted to make sure that he gave his constituency as fair a shake as he could. Um, uh, I know that, that Charlie has been debating that for a long time. This is not just all of a sudden there was an executive session and now Charlie's out. Um, that. But, you know, I guess they'll make hay while the sun shines. I guess that's what's going to happen. Um, but Christopher Kirka, you know, lost. And uh, it sounds like, feels like he's just a little salty about it. Just feels like he's a little salty about it. Um, but I guess I, th- th- there you go. There you go. That's that. So I broke my own rule. I didn't want to talk. I, I hate talking about. I hate talking about other things on Friday, but I kind of had to simply because of the timing of it and everything else. And when I read this piece last night, uh, my eyes almost rolled into the back of my head. I I rolled so hard, I almost went blind uh, after reading this. Um, you know, but this is the kind of campaign. This the, the, the this is the kind of messaging that it comes comes out of this has come out of this campaign from the very very beginning. Um, and I think, uh, for many of us, uh, it just adds to kind of the turnoff of what was going on. And it's one of the reasons why many people, I think that may have supported it didn't in the end, um, they found Charlie's message to be much more, uh, appropriate, I guess is, uh, uh, is the word that I would use. All right. Um, well, let's uh, let's uh, let's get into this here. Uh, it is Firearms Friday, so that I'm I'm done with it. I'm shut. I'm shutting the door on that. But uh, we're going to uh, open up the phone lines today for gun Q and A. Uh, we're going to talk with you about uh, anything that is Second Amendment related. We love to 
uh, get uh, get you guys involved to talk with you. Uh, it is part. It is my favorite. Uh, it is my favorite part of Fridays is just hanging out and chatting with you and uh, and talking about gun rights and things like that. So we're going to open up the phone lines this morning and uh, we'll talk about. Um, well, whatever it is that you want to talk about that's firearms or related, I want to remind you that this hour of the program is being brought to you by our friends at Satellite West, uh, which is uh, Satellite Technical Services. Those folks over there, when it comes to staying in contact, they have got you covered, whether it is, uh, you know, satellite phones, whether it's email, whether it's Internet access, whether it's satellite texting. Uh, whether it's using something like the bivy stick or some other, they have got it all over there at Satellite West. So make sure you go over there and check them out at SatelliteWest.com. And if you talk to them, make sure you tell them to thank you. Make sure you thank them for sponsoring the program uh, each and every day. We appreciate them uh, being part of it today. 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. I've got a few stories here that we can talk about today. Uh, but since we've opened up the phone lines, uh, why not just get started? Oh, by the way, of course, we're finishing up with Willie Waffle today, who I hear stayed up late last night uh, because he got a little bit of early access to the new Lord of the Rings, um, the new Lord of the Rings series on Amazon. And uh, but he did have to stay up a little late and we'll. We're, we're hoping that he got a chance to watch it, and he's going to give us the rundown on it. So that's the that's the plan, anyway, later on today. Let's go over to the phones quickly here and see what you guys have to say, and we'll get things uh, get things rolling. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Well, it's Murph calling from the Alley Borough area. Good morning, Murphy. What's on your uh, What's on your mind? Well, um, remember last week I called and, and mentioned what was going on at the Nanana school and how it was on lockdown. And you hear all these uh, right. stories about the shootings in Ben, Oregon and this place and that place and everything. Right. Well, they never, you never hear anything about like what happened in Nanana because nobody got killed, but you were given uh, misinformation. The person who um, was arrested was somebody in his forties and he had actually fired off at least 17 shots. Uh, shot up somebody's pickup, and um, one of the reasons why you never hear it is because he never got into the school and didn't kill anybody because they had the troopers there and the local EMS guys were circling the school, and even my son and a few other parents were there, and they had guns too, and there was no way that this person was going to get into the school. I had three grandchildren and a great-grandchild in that school at the time, and uh, it was just a, a deal of where it was not going to be an Uvalde situation. They were not going to allow this person to get into the school to shoot up any kids or anything. So I just thought I'd let you know that, uh, yeah, there really had been an active shooter there last week. Right. It so, just didn't happen. Uh, yeah. What you got to say. Yeah, it just didn't happen to be the because the original reporting before you had called in last week was that the active shooter was at the school doing things at the school, and so you've clarified that greatly. He never made it to the school. He did. Uh, he did. Uh, uh, but he was on the street. So that's that's good. Uh, it's good we got some information on it. I think it's interesting that uh, we still uh, you know there's really still not much hay made about it in the in the uh, statewide news. 
Um, so interesting to hear what the on the ground reporting is versus, and this is what some of the, this is something that Dr. John Lott has talked about a lot of times is sometimes these stories don't hit the big news wires. And if they're not reported in the local media, then, uh, you know, it, people don't hear about it. And, uh, it's good to hear that they got him contained and they got him uh, squared away. I appreciate it, Murph. Thanks for calling in and joining us this morning. Um, all right. Uh, Q&A all day. The Michael Duke Show continues. We got more coming up. I got to go. Got to go to break. We're going to be back. More common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking gun radio. When we return, it is Firearms Friday on The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. <clears throat> Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, um, what did I say here? Jerry said, be nice. He may be our next governor with ranked choice voting. Well, I don't know how. He's not in the top four. I suppose he could he could uh, uh, register as a write-in candidate, but uh, Kirka is not in the top four, so he's not even getting you know he's not getting he's not even going to be officially on the ballot. So I don't know how he could be our next governor with ranked choice voting. I I I think that's that's not how it works. Terry says Kirk's Kirka's faculty training kicked into gear. Tear the good people down. <clears throat> yeah, uh, I mean it, 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 I just I talked with this and it's just it's. It's nutty. It's nutty. Um, and not in the good way. Um, all right. Welcome to politics, as Tony said. Welcome to politics. Uh, and Bill Brock concurred with what I said. Charlie told him over a year ago that he was retiring. Um, I spoke to uh, him and to somebody in his campaign a month and a half ago, two months ago, and they were, you know, Talking about the potential for him to basically turn around and run full time, uh, and you know, and to resign from the borough and move forward. So, this is not a, uh, you know, this is not a, a a big surprise. Anyway, does anyone know how much new rifles and pistols have increases have increased? I don't know. I don't know. Um, um, I don't know how much they've increased. I haven't been watching that closely, uh, quite honestly. Um, I know that the demand for, uh, n- demand for new firearms is still up. And I imagine if the demand is up, then probably it is, uh, there's probably been a commensurate increase in pricing or at least, you know, a slight increase in pricing, uh, on that as well. All right, so what are you guys doing this weekend, huh? Everybody going moose hunting? I know a lot of you are going moose hunting. Um, or are you getting like I am? I was, I was, I considered uh, for a half a second uh, on going back down to Homer for the weekend, and then I decided since it was forty-two degrees or forty-three degrees at the house yesterday that I probably. Uh, should uh, finish my summer honeydew list that I never got to, the things that I never got to, to prepare for for winter. 
<laughs> since it seems to be bound and determined to just jump right down my throat and be here almost immediately. Almost immediately. Happy birthday, Jeannie. Jeannie says it's her birthday weekend. She's going to be barbecuing. You know, that's something maybe we'll do this weekend. Um, I saw my dad in the chat room earlier. Uh, my dad um, used to treat us with uh, what was my grandfather's barbecue recipe, which is a very unique recipe for barbecue. And uh, Terry and I were talking about it earlier this summer. I haven't made uh, I haven't made uh, Papa Joe's uh, barbecue sauce, which is my grandfather's barbecue sauce. I haven't made that in probably three years, four years, maybe. So maybe this weekend um, we'll grill some uh, chicken. Maybe this weekend we'll do some barbecue chicken uh, or whatever else uh, that we want to. It is a, it's a good, good day for that. Donna says she's going camping in Seward. And uh, Gordon says he's out for armed camping, which I'm assuming means hunting, but maybe not. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> all right. Let me go uh, through to see if there's anything else. Uh, um, Tawny says, this is about the, I think the shooting in, in Ninana. Do you think if they were actually to report on all of these events, those who want to take our two-way rights away would use it as more leverage to try away, to try and take away two-way rights? Well, they're going to try and leverage anything that they can, um, to take away two-way rights, Tawny. I mean, that's just, there's no, no surprise there at all. That's just, that's just who they are. So anything could be used at that point. All right, we got to uh, we got to jump back into it here. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Please like and share. If you're on uh, YouTube, please subscribe and ring the bell. Uh, phone lines are open here on the program this morning across the state of Alaska. I mean, we should do like a new caller Friday, like, um, you know, for people who maybe are not, you know, what we should do, we should reach out to people who are not really gun people who might be listening to the program and just, uh, and just, you know, ask them, you know, what their thoughts are, because I've talked about this in the past. Firearms Friday is really not for, if you're a gun person, this show is really not for you. That's not, that's not what it's for. The show on Fridays is kind of dedicated to people who are in the middle, right? Who are kind of gun, not pro-gun, not anti-gun, but uh, gun curious, you know? And uh, that's really what it's all about, trying to educate and to demystify and to counteract a lot of the counteract a lot of the narrative and nonsense that we see in the news media and in the, um, oh, my God, the entertainment world. Sometimes it's, you know, it's 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 crazy to watch some of the, uh, uh, you know, some of the heavy handedness in uh television dramas and other things about gun rights and 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 everything else um it's uh, it's very ironic uh but that's what we're trying to counteract on firearms friday 
And so that's one of the reasons why. So when we open up the phone lines, I mean, it's great to hear from people, you know, from regular listeners or from gun people and all that. But I'd really like today to hear, uh, and I will take anybody's call, don't don't get me wrong, but I'd really like to hear today from somebody who may have just stumbled across the program as they spun the dial and and they're like, you know, you're not pro-gun, you're not anti-gun, you're just kind of in the – or even if you're anti-gun, I, I want to hear from you. I, I'm interested. I'm interested to discuss things with you. But again, fair warning, we don't allow, you know, screaming and shouting and ad hominem and, and uh, you know, running over each other. We'll have a civil debate about it. So that's, that's kind of the rules of the game here on the program. So just FYI, if you're going to call in and talk about things. Uh, let me just quickly, I got a couple lines on hold. I want to get to them, but let me just quickly t- tease you with a couple of the stories that we're going to talk about. New York's new gun law has now gone into, uh, into effect and it is creating a huge amount of, uh, problems, uh, because it is so confusing. Um, and the backlog, um, because of the new steps that, ca- that, uh, New York has put in since the Supreme court decision is causing some serious, serious issues. Uh, people who have been applying, they had so they had more applications for concealed carry in the month of August in New York than they had in all of 2021. And right now, sheriff's office and departments across the state are saying that it is going to be uh, some of these applicants will not see their applications back until October of 2023. It's going to take a whole year. And the state of New York just keeps piling stuff on. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about California and what happened down there. Their law, similar to New York, failed. And uh, we're also going to talk a little bit about gun polls, new polling, and a recent operation from the ATF, the Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms Bureau of BATF. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that because they are they're going, they're, they're cracking down on some stuff. And we're going to talk about that as well. All right. So. That being said, let's uh, get on over to the phones and see what you guys have to say, because as I mentioned, your phone calls reign supreme and really love to hear today from somebody who's kind of, again, middle of the road, not pro, not anti, but maybe gun curious. We'll see what you have to say. We'll start off over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Well, good morning, Michael. This is Charlie. Unfortunately, I don't meet your criteria about being middle of the road. Oh, you're fine, Charlie. Just gun curious. Yeah, no, that's fine. I, I'm looking but for would, those callers, but I'll take I, any I call. Would, I would like to talk with you about three things that I think are three of your favorite things. Uh, one is firearms. The okay. other is politics. And the third one is desserts. Okay. okay? Well, I, the reason what I'm calling about is we've got an event down here in District 6 okay. on the Southern Peninsula. It's coming up on Friday, the 9th of September. So it's next Friday at the Tuftamina Lodge from 6 to 8 p.m. We're going to have a meet and greet with Sarah Vance, our representative down here, who is also up for reaction, and Heath Smith, who is our candidate for Senate CC, which covers uh, our area here, the Southern Peninsula and Kodiak and Cordova, it's a great big area he's got to cover, but we're going to have a meet and greet with them. Mm -hmm. We're going to have free finger foods for people that come in. We'll have appetizers and things like that that people can munch on. There will be an open bar at the Testament Lodge. We'll have their bar open for us. And we're going to have a gun and dessert auction there. 
So lots of things for people to do, lots of opportunities to meet the politicians and visit with them and get to know them a little better, feel them out on their positions on different issues that are important to you and important to all of us, and have a chance to bid on a gun and maybe take one home with you. I see. Well, Charlie, first things first, let me... uh, let me let me rain on your parade. Everything you said the first, you know, three things that you love: guns, politics, and desserts. Only two out of three of those things are really true. I don't necessarily oh, I don't necessarily oh. love politics, but it is what we talk about. So I guess you're, co- you're covered there. You know, I do love dessert. That's very obvious, and I do love guns, so that's good. Um, all right. So next Friday, well, test- finish finish up your chores. Finish yeah. up your chores this weekend and come down. Yeah. Come down next weekend, huh? Uh, all right, Testamina Lodge, uh, Friday. Uh, what time does it start on Friday? 6 o'clock. 6, six o'clock. 8 on Friday. The Testamina Lodge is right off the highway there at the turn off to the uh, Crooked Creek Campground and Recreation State Recreation Area. All right. I'm, I'm Just sure. South of the Seal Off River. I'm sure people can plug that into their phones and, uh, and be able to figure out how to get there, and that'll be. Uh, That'd be great, Charlie. So uh, I appreciate you giving us the heads up on that. Thanks for taking my call, Mike. All right. Keep up the good work. I appreciate it. Thank you for calling in. All right. That leaves, um, actually, it leaves all four lines open. If you would like to call in and uh, talk about uh, things with us today, we'd love to hear what you have to say. 907 433 3150. 907 433 there is a, a new flurry of activity from the uh, ATF, the BATF and E, that's the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. They are the regulatory agency that is tasked with uh, enforcing federal firearms laws across the country. Um, they have a slightly checkered past in uh, how they've dealt with things uh, before. But uh, last week, we talked about one thing. We talked about them going out and looking for straw purchases and intimidating certain gun owners into uh, having to provide uh, access to your home or show them firearms that you purchased or everything else showing up in full tactical gear and everything else intimidating. Well, that's just one part of it, apparently. According to the Prince Law Offices, where Prince Law Offices have been um, on the forefront of a lot of firearms uh, litigation uh, for citizens and things like that. But Attorney Dylan Harris with the uh, uh, Princeton Law Office have noted that the ATF have been sending out a new batch of letters, nasty grams, to alleged customers that may have purchased uh, two different items. One is called a forced reset trigger. And the second is the so-called solvent traps. Now, we did have a call about solvent traps here a couple weeks ago. Um, And uh, at the time, I kind of described what they were. Um, The solvent traps are a cutesy way to try and get around the NFA, in my opinion, the NFA's restrictions on suppressors. And uh, let's just say it's a... Yeah, it's a dicey proposition to say the least. Uh, I had to laugh yesterday because I think uh, it was yesterday or day before I was scrolling through my Facebook and um, an ad popped up 
I, I believe it was an ad because it had a shop link underneath, you know, shop now link underneath of it. And the headline read uh, solvent traps for sale or something like that. And but the video that was playing was of a guy actually disassembling a suppressor. And I'm just like, oh, man. I mean, first of all, how did that even get past the gun censorship on Facebook? Second of all, I mean, that's insane. Let me show you a suppressor being disassembled with the baffles and everything else, and they're calling it a solvent trap. It, it, it nutty. Nutty is what it was. Uh, I mean, you, you want to spend time in jail? That's how you spend time in jail kind of thing. Well, they've been sending out these letters. Now, it's not exactly known how the ATF procured customer information, but uh, it also led to questions about whether or not the ATF may have been actually running some of these. Um, you know, they may be advertising themselves for to, to try and attract people who don't know any better or who are trying to skirt the law kind of thing. This is what was written uh, in the... Uh, uh, this is what was written in the uh, piece by Prince Law Office. He said, we've now learned that the ATF is sending out warning notices to individuals who have purchased FRTs on gun broker, that is uh, forced reset triggers, from the user Rifle Remedy 2000. But it's not clear how the ATF has acquired purchaser records or whether the ATF itself is operating the account. It appears now that the ATF contact with these purchasers is part of something called Operation Reticent Recall, a name that the law offices learned from uh, from the top of an interview questionnaire that has been sent out to some of the clients of the, of the law offices. Not sure if the agency as a whole would be happy about that because it appears to be a quick guide on for an agent's questioning, but nonetheless, it seems information regarding solvent traps Solvent traps, parts and accessories, and forced reset triggers with questions like, how did you learn about to locate the seller? What was your payment method? What was the package label? What was the intent and purpose behind the purchasing the items? That should read any lawful purpose, by the way. Was the solvent trap drilled out prior to receipt? The answer to that should be a definite no. Uh, did the seller indicate that an ATF-approved Form 1 uh, was required prior to the purchasing or receiving the item. Are you aware of any other persons who have purchased similar items from the seller? Um, this is These are all the questions that the ATF is supposed to ask these people. Um, the ATF is continuing to go out there and uh, and try and make out, you know, try and make hay while the sun shines. I think the, the most striking thing to me about this was the comment to say they're not sure whether the ATF itself is operating this Rifle Remedy 2000 account on GunBroker. Um, I think that that is a definite, definite uh, thing to remember. The law office also went on to actually post a copy of the letter that had been sent out to many of these people. They said, uh, basically, the letter officially notifies you that the unlawful receipt and possession of any of these devices is a, is a felony violation of federal law and the devices that are unlawfully received or possessed are subject to seizure and forfeiture. Continued possession of any of the devices could result in prosecution of cr criminal violations of federal laws, potential state criminal violations as well. Any future purchase or possession may be subject to you to prosecution as well. And of course, the big thing that Prince Law Officers had to remind you is, as it appears the ATF is taking a more aggressive approach to solvent traps and forced reset triggers, remember... 
and though this is the warning to you, the listeners, remember that you should not speak to ATF or any other law enforcement without an attorney, and you should never consent to any searches. So, I do. So, just remember, you're invoking your Fourth, Fifth, and Sixth Amendment rights. I consent to no searches. I'm saying nothing, and I'd like my attorney. Just that, that pretty much sums it up right there. You just don't know. Uh, I mean, there have been stories for years about things that have, uh, I still remember a story one time about a guy who had his place searched and he had a machine shop or a garage or whatever. And they came in and they found some tubing and they found some frost plugs, which are what goes in the side of engines, which you'd think you'd find in a garage. Um, but those were then categorized as suppressor parts and they tried to convict him on that. I mean, it's, it, it again, I consent to no searches. I have nothing to say. I'd like my attorney. That that pretty much you should remember those things. Those should be burned into your mind at this point. Because I mean, those folks are here to enforce the law, but they are definitely not your friends in that regard. That's that's we're definitely not there to help you. All right, we got uh, another segment coming up for the end of the show. Phone lines are open at 907-433-3150. Special thanks to Satellite West for sponsoring the program. The Michael Duke Show continues. Common sense, liberty-based, free thinking radio. Your mental suppository. The Michael Duke Show. All right. Um, let me go back up here and see what you guys have been talking about. Um, I sit in camp fishing and armed calling in moose if they'll listen, says Gordon. Yes. Um, all right. All you MAGA Republicans don't respect the Constitution. That's what Biden just said on the TV. Uh, okay. And we can get new boosters. And monkeypox is fading away. Okay. Brian says he got the same ad on Facebook. I mean, Brian, what you should call in and tell me and, and tell me what your thoughts were because I scrolled past that and I was like, what is that? And then I, you know, I scroll past it and then I scroll back and I'm like, what? What is? And then I started watching the video. I didn't listen to the video. I was watching it without audio, but I'm watching this and I'm like, the, I, can you, what? <laughs> I mean, it's just, I just want to, you know, I just want to hear more about it. Clickbait. It's a trap by the ATF. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, um, it, it's crazy. Kevin says uh, suppressors are legal without paperwork in New Zealand. In many Scandinavian countries, not only are they not regular, they're required. They are required uh, in many countries simply to be kind to your neighbors. Uh, you could go into any hardware store and pick up uh, one of those things. Uh, how did you word that? I consent to no searches. I consent to no searches. I have nothing to say. I'd like to see my attorney. That's what you talk about right there. Um, uh, Rand said, I received a robot call stating that there was an illegal package coming across the border. The call seemed to have an Alaska ID. I just hung up. I was at work anyway. Oh, that's, yeah, that's a scammer thing. <clears throat> I actually got on the phone with one of those guys one day because I was bored. 
and I was working on something that was mind-numbingly dull. And so I took the call, and um, the guy called up, and he's like, you know, uh, you have got a package in, uh, we have discovered a package in Texas that has your name on it, and it's going to be, it is it's on drugs, and so we need to make sure that your account is secure, and that your, your identity has not been compromised. And uh, so, anyway, I was like, yeah, I don't know. I never, I never, uh, I don't use the Amazon, man. I don't, I don't, I'm not very computer literate. I, uh, you know, I just usually go shopping down at the store. You saying I got an Amazon account? Is that what you, is that what you're saying? And I had this guy on the phone for 40 minutes wasting his time so that he was not out there scamming somebody else. I laughed so hard. He eventually hung up on me because I was too dumb. I just don't understand. You want me to do what now? I don't, I don't know. What is it I do? <laughs> oh, that was, that was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun that day. Because, see, then they called back like two hours later. And it was the same guy. And he thought it was, and he thought it was, uh, <clears throat> he thought it was a new person. But he'd called back. And I was like, oh, I'm so glad you called because, you know, you, I lost your call before and I didn't have a number to call you back. So, I, man, so could we get, tell, tell me how do I get myself, I don't want to go to jail. I don't want to see law. You know, I mean, it was so, so funny. Uh, should have recorded it. Should have recorded it. It would have been worth it. That's for sure. Um. Okay. Everybody's all worked up about President Biden. Um, this is why I don't pay attention to this stuff, guys. Because it just it's not going to change anything. It's not going to help. The only thing I focus on nationally is the gun stuff. Other than that, I have no interest in dealing with the nonsense that these people are dealing with. Um, okay. I guess that's it. I guess I'm all I'm guess I'm all caught up on the comments. Guess I'm all caught up in the comments. You guys have been a little uh, quiet this morning. You guys have been a little. So several of you told me what you're doing um, for the weekend. I'm assuming the rest of you must be working. Is that what's going on? Is it supposed to be nice this weekend? Uh, is it supposed to be nice this weekend? Hmm. Uh... Oh, it's going to be rainy today. Surprise, surprise. It's going to be rain. Chance of rain tonight. Showers likely tomorrow. Chance of showers tomorrow night. Mostly cloudy on Sunday. Mostly cloudy on Sunday night. And then a chance of rain on Monday. Of course, it's going to be. <laughs> oh, my God. I got to get out my hip waders at this point. Just get out my hip waders and a snorkel. That's what it's going to look like. Uh <laughs> Hip waiters and a snorkel. 39 degrees at Tawny's house this morning. Um, all right. That's the reminder. We got to get back up to it. All right. So I'm going to. Let's get to it, shall we? The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Good morning.
Okay, thanks for coming on board. We're continuing now with Firearms Friday, your chance to sound off on issues of a two-way nature. Right here on The Michael Luke Show. Quick reminder, Monday is Labor Day. I know most of you probably know that. But those of you who have to be unfortunate enough to have to work on Monday, I will not be joining you. Uh, We will have alternate programming on uh, the various stations and translators across the state of Alaska. And there will be no Facebook or YouTube or Twitch broadcast. Please don't text me at 6 o'clock in the morning and ask me where I'm at. Well, first of all, it won't matter because I'll have my phone turned off. But other than that, don't try it. You'll just, it's an exercise in frustration for you. It never fails. The last time I went on, I guess it was whatever it was, four weeks ago, three, four weeks ago when I went on vacation for a couple days. And, um, I mean, I talked about that for a week, 10 days, warning people that I wasn't going to be there on a Friday and a Monday and yada, yada, yada. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, um, I still got a ton of messages from people, email and Facebook messages. Where are you this morning? Where, where are you? Uh, Where, where are you? Um, so just, there you go. Um, anyway, if you, if you really miss the show that much, you can go back and listen to a podcast. Just go back and peel through the load of the podcast and find one that you really like and put it on and yell at your radio like it's or your phone like it's really live radio at the time. So there you go. Um, all right. Uh, so phone lines are open right now at 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. This hour being brought to you by your friends at Satellite West. Satellitewest.com is where you find them. Um, let's, uh, let's, I've got the phone lines open for anybody that wants to talk about anything that's firearms related. And I did ask earlier, what I'd really like is I'd love to see or talk to somebody this morning who is either ambivalent to firearms, not pro-gun, not anti-gun, or even an anti-gun person. I'd love to, we have had a few on the program over the years that have called in. Uh, a couple of them have been very polite and, and a couple of them lost their mind uh, uh, when they were presented with questions that they didn't like. So, a little dry this morning. Sorry about that. Uh, Let's get back to the uh, news stories uh, while we wait for some calls from you guys to see what's uh, coming up. Uh, Operation Reticent Recall, we just talked about that. Uh, There was a poll that just generally came up, and, and this is why, quite honestly, you know, polling can be useful, but it is not the it is not the end all be all of uh, you know because you always hear oh the eighty five percent of Americans support more gun control eighty five ninety percent of Americans want universal background checks. I mean, you hear about these surveys that you know. First of all, you never see the actual questions, right? You never see the actual questions that are asked. And a lot of times, sometimes the numbers don't uh, add up. Uh, uh, Cam Edwards over at uh, Bearing Arms has got a piece up talking about how sometimes these numbers just don't add up. Um, In 2016, for instance, he says voter referendums on universal background checks were held in Nevada and Maine, and neither one managed to get anywhere near the 80% approval rating that these measures typically receive in polling. In fact, Maine's referendum was outright defeated. Uh, 
And Nevada is only passed by four-tenths of one percent. Yet we always hear, 80% of the right? We always hear about that. So there's a new poll coming out of South Dakota. Uh, now, South Dakota, not your typical metroplex, not your typical blue state kind of thing. You know, you need. And there were some odd findings that came out of there. They had a poll of 500 registers vote, uh, 500 registered voters in uh, South Dakota, that showed that 60% of the respondents support establishing a two-week waiting period to buy an AR, a semi-automatic rifle originally designed for military use, otherwise known as a weapon of war. That uh, they just added that in there. I'm just saying. So 60% of respondents support establishing a two-week waiting period to buy an AR, and 54% support a minimum age of 21 for purchasing an AR. Now, there's less agreement in gun sales in general, with 41% saying that South Dakota's laws should be stricter, and 47% saying that they should stay the same, with only 11% saying that gun laws uh, should be lax, uh, made more lax, and should make firearms acquisition easier. Now, I'm not a mathematician, nor do I play one on TV. Uh, but can someone explain to me how uh, almost 60% of the survey respondents can say that they want the, that either the state's gun law should either be kept the same or more relaxed, but 60% also support imposing new restrictions on the sale of firearms. This is the same poll, right? 54% support a minimum age of 21 and 60% of the respondents support a two-week waiting period. Yet at the same time, 47% say the gun laws should stay the same or 11% say they should actually be loosened up. So you've got 60 and six. How does that, how does that work? How does that work? Now, first of all, we don't know. Again, we don't know the questions that were asked. A lot of times these are such leading questions. You have no idea what's going on. Um, but what what accounts? I mean, are, are these just people? These are not issues that most people think very deeply about. Is it they don't maybe they don't own a firearm. They aren't involved in the Second Amendment. Um, and probably what is the. You know, is this a random selection of voters? Did you just dial it up into, uh, you know, the into the 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 urban metroplexes where people lean left? Um, in the Newswatch poll, 61 percent of women and people over 65 were significantly more likely to support banning the AR-15s to people under 21 uh, is is another one. Of the respondents polled in South Dakota, 76% of Democrats voters strongly support raising the age limit, while 41% strongly oppose such a change. You just start looking at these things. And then, of course, Cam goes on to this discussion at the same time to say the survey didn't just talk about gun control. It also polled respondents about their support for the legalization of recreational marijuana. This is also interesting because they found 54% opposed to the idea, even though 54% of voters cast a ballot in favor of legalization just two years ago. And then he quotes uh, one of the uh, campaign directors for the actual uh, ballot measure that went through. And he said uh, he pointed out that certain elements within the poll 
don't jibe with past indicators. For example, they showed 38.6 of poll 38.6 of poll respondents in the Sioux Falls metro area supported legalization and 58% were opposed. However, that area showed the highest level of support with 72% in favor in the statewide election just 2 years ago. So, yeah. Polling, baby. Polling is only as good as the questions you ask and the people you ask them of. And uh, so you can get a poll to tell you almost anything at this point. Don't buy into it with 80% support, 85, 99.9% support, universal background checks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Okay. All right, hour two dead ahead, The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio. Okay. Um, it sucks to be popular. <laughs> yes, I'm so popular. Uh, it's the best three-day-a-week talk show. The best three—I'm oh, sorry, what? The best three-day-a-week talk show brought to you by your non-Alaskan host. Three-day-a-week talk. What are you talking about, Brian? I'm confused. I'm confused. Was it three-day-a-week, or did you mean three-day weekend? Brought to you by your non-Alaskan host, which I know is not me, but I just don't know, you know. Uh, we're opening our Republican headquarters in Ketchikan Monday the 5th, 810 Water Street from 11 to 2. Come on down for the grand opening if you live in Ketchikan. You know what you should do, Susie? You should call the radio stations up there in uh, the ABC Center up there and thing and and... Tell them you'd like to hear the show on the radio up there. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should do that. You know what? Uh, South Dakota, somebody is putting fake news out there. <laughs> if Charlie dropped out, would that put Kirka in fourth place? Technically, yes. Um, that would technically put Kirka in fourth place. Um. <clears throat> Uh, C4 Training Group in Fairbanks offers outstanding firearms training, says Jack. Uh, Jim, I know that you just, you should call in and tell us about that training experience, Jim. That's what you should do. You should call in and I'm almost got this thing trained, man. It's bugging the hell out of me with no wax. Uh-huh. Yeah, baby. Look at that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if, uh, yes, but you should call in and talk about that, Jim. I'm totally distracted this morning. Of course I am. 43 people in the chat room and uh, 22 likes or or 22 li- anger. Somebody's angry about it. Who's angry? Oh, Terry was angry about it. Uh, but there's some loves. There's some likes. There's some angries on there. There's 43 of you and only 22 reactions. So somebody isn't doing their job. And I know it's not me because I'm here talking. So you, you, you need to like and share this show. You need to like and follow the show page on Facebook. And then most importantly, 
If you're on Facebook and you haven't gone over to YouTube yet and liked and rang the bell, subscribed and rang the bell on YouTube, would you do that right now during the commercial break? Because we're not going to talk about anything important for the next four minutes. But you could go over there, you could subscribe, ring the bell, and then come right back to Facebook if you like Facebook versus YouTube. But we got a few folks on YouTube out there as well. They love uh, they love doing that. So we love uh, we love seeing you. Um, there was Johnny Johnny that asked the question: If Charlie dropped out, would that put Kirk in fourth place? Yes, but the likelihood of Charlie Kirk dropping out of the race is non-existent as far as I'm concerned. Um, Charlie Pierce is not dropping out of the race, says Susie. Kirka voters need to get behind him. Yeah. I mean, at this point, Kirka, if he had done, if he had been the, the whole honorable do the right thing thing, he would have just basically said, okay, I throw my support behind Charlie versus Dunleavy. If he's so anti-Dunleavy at this point. The problem is, is that many of Kirka voters are going to be bullet voters. And we just saw in the congressional race how bullet voters fared, how they affected the outcome. And we now have a Democratic congresswoman. So that's how they affected the outcome. That's how it worked. Um, anyway. Okay. <clears throat> that's it. That's, that's, uh, that's the whole shooting match. My brain is already on vacation, right? My brain is already on vacation. Uh, all right, so we did the new poll. We did that one. We did that story. I got to talk about California still. We're going to talk about New York. Uh, and we're going to take some more calls because I love to take calls. But, Jim, you seriously, you should call in and tell us about uh, what happened with C4. I they've, they've come about or they came into being after I left Fairbanks, so I'm not familiar with them at all. So I'd love to hear... Uh, the whole process and, and uh, you know, what your experience was and to let other people know about it. I mean, I have no problem supporting somebody who, again, I, I, have, no, I have no clue who they are. I don't know why I'm so dry this morning. <clears throat> and uh, Kirka, because they messaged one and done. Instead of rank the red. Well, I mean, I heard, I heard, uh, uh, I heard baggage talking about ranking the red, that he was ranking Palin as number two. I heard that. So, um, funny silence or central just called to complete my ATF form one. <laughs> That's some interesting timing, huh? Huh, Kevin? That's some interesting timing for sure. Yeah, I mean, apparently all of us uh, who are gun people on Facebook, apparently all uh, the ATF has been trying to clickbait us into uh, um, clickbait us into buying a solvent trap. That's what's what's going on. Oh man, uh, Charlie Pierce not dropping out says Vonnie. No, we didn't think so. Uh, we didn't think so. I just found the arrogance of that press release and letter was enough to just make my, like I said, I, I rolled so hard. I almost went blind. They almost didn't come back. It was like, oh, almost didn't come forward on it. All right, folks. Um, <clears throat> we are coming up on our two like and share subscribe, ring the bell, do all the Facebook and the YouTube things and all that. 
and then call in. Let's have a conversation this morning. I'd love to. I'd love to talk. I mean, or I can just bloviate at whatever it is. It's all good. Here we go, Michael Duke Show. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The Michael Duke Show. I have two guns, one for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my little friend! I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. Michael Dick Show. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms. From my cold, dead hands. Friday. Here's my rifle, there's my gun. This is for fighting, it's for Firearms Friday. Firearms Friday. Your chance to sound off on issues of a Second Amendment nature right here on the Michael Duke Show. Broadcasting live across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. It is the largest statewide radio show out there. Yeah. And I actually live here. (laughs) Sorry, somebody, somebody made a comment in the chat room and I'm like, I actually live here. Um, Anyway, uh, welcome to Firearms Friday. It is... uh, it is the one day a week that I allow myself to uh, – I have to contain all my firearms enthusiasm for one single day, right? I, I I used to be that we used to talk about firearms all the time throughout the week. Uh, if it got to a slow news day or the whim of fate just took me, I decided to talk about it. And uh, many years ago, my boss at the time, um, uh, he uh, – he said, why don't you just, uh, you know, I, I don't get this whole fight. Ironically enough, <clears throat> I told this story last week, but I'm going to tell it again because it's so sweet. At the time, he's like, you know, not everybody's interested in firearms. I mean, I could really care less. and I'm sure there's many listeners. So why don't you just, you know, maybe focus it on one day? He's a genius, by the way, because that's how Firearms Friday was born. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll do that. Ironically enough, the last time I was in Fairbanks, I was talking with him. We were sitting in his office and we were talking and we were talking about radio, blah, blah, blah. And then he goes, uh, he goes, so tell me, uh, what's the best uh, AR, AK? I want to get it. He's, he's like, t- now he's totally into guns. So I don't know if I converted him or what, but um, I do find it ironic that the guy who couldn't stand Firearms Friday back in the day is now a certified gun nut. That should be a T-shirt, certified gun nut. <laughs> Certifiable gun nut? Um, anyway, uh, so Firearms Friday is all about that. It's about demystifying the firearm. It's about answering questions uh, for people who may have, you know, they may be gun curious. And then, uh, I, I'm all about that. I am all about that. Um, so, uh, anyway, we're going to, uh, we're going to take your calls today. We've got, uh, the open line, open gun form, open, we call it gun Q and A. 
uh, questions and answers, where the official motto is, there is no such thing as a dumb gun question. Quite honestly, there's, well, there is a dumb question, but, you know, especially when it comes to guns, we just want to answer any question we can. And we want to take calls and talk to you about, you know, range reports or things that you've been doing or firearms news or whatever's on your mind. So we'd love to hear from you this morning. Uh, it is my favorite part of Firearms Friday is a chance to get to listen to you and talk with you uh, listeners as well. We've also got some stories. We're going to talk a little bit here about the new New York uh, their new carry law since the Bruin decision from the U.S. Supreme Court struck down their shell uh, or their uh, their their uh, concealed previous concealed carry scheme, which was declared to be unconstitutional. That's been in place, by the way, since 1913, almost 110 years that's been on the books. And the Supreme Court just said, no, nah, that's pretty much unconstitutional. So Good to know that an unconstitutional law can last for over a century in this country, and it's just fine. Uh, but they're continuing to try and change some of that up. California also wanted to do some of the same things, but they just got spanked in California over this. So we'll talk about that as well. But let's go to the phones first, because that's where the phone, that's the, your phone calls reign supreme. Let's hit the phones and see what you got to say. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Well, Michael, it's Fred in Rhode Island. How you been? Well, hello, Fred. Every week, Fred calls in usually from uh, the bright, shiny state of Rhode Island, which is about the size of my backyard, um, uh, Rhode Island. It's not very big, but uh, they got a lot of things going on over there. What's happening, my friend? What's going on on your neck of the woods? Well, you know, well, Rhode Island's not that. It's getting a little tarnished these days with the, uh, you know, the, the wokes want to sort of get in on the Second Amendment and see what kind of damage they can do to it at every opportunity and every turn. So, uh, you know, it's just life in, life, in, uh, life in the third world and how it goes. Anyway, the reason I'm calling, you know, you just, you just hit the nail on the head of one of the subjects I was going to bring up in New York, one of the, you know, the New York uh, Times Square restriction on carrying firearms. I would say, if, you know, with the Supreme Court, prior to that, you know, there was kind of an open question as to what was legal, what was not legal, what was enforceable, what's not enforceable. And now that the Supreme Court has kind of taken the mystery out of all that, right. know, ruled on the, you know, constitutionally, you know, where we stand. Right. So now, and, 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 you know, the, in the, they want to, the New York State wants to put up a barrier. In New York, they want to put up a, a barrier to that. I would say this. I would say, fine, you want to do that? Go for it. However, every single person in square now who is mugged, who is robbed, who is attacked, the, the state of the state of New York is now going to be, should be held 110% liable, liable, which means they can sue the living, you know what, out of them to no end with punitive damages, and they, you know, they won't have a leg to stand on. I'd say that would definitely be the way to go. You want to do that? You want to restrict the right to people being able to defend themselves? You're going to pay for it. When anything happens, it's on you. And I think they'd have a, a quick change of heart if they, they would face. What do you think? Um, you know, it's it's very possible. Uh, I don't know what the legal standing. I'm not a lawyer, and so I don't know what the legal standing is that is as far as liability. But that's been my argument the whole time. You know, anytime you go to a, you know, you'd always hear about the malls, right, and the mall shootings and everything else, and yet all the malls were gun free zones. And my question that I always ask myself is, is are these people willing to protect me and my family as well as, well as I'm willing to protect it? I mean, are they going to assume the liability that if I go into 
into a mall and some shooter shows up and starts popping people and I have no way to defend myself and myself or one of my family members gets injured or killed, um, you know, why shouldn't I be able to take them to court for basically failing to protect me on their property? Um, I mean, I think it's a, I think it's well, they're a, going out of the, they're, they're going out of their way to restrict you from protecting yourself. Yep. That's why that puts them in the hot seat. When it happens, they own it. They own all of it. And they yeah. should own it. Well, I think it's what was most interesting about the, uh, the Greenville mall shooting, um, where the good Samaritan came up and stopped the bad guy with the gun. Um, you know, which, which surprisingly got very little press coverage. It was, it was in the news for about a day, maybe two, and then it just quickly yeah. faded away because it didn't fit into the news media's well, narrative. Big surprise, big, right. Right. Big surprise there. Right. But <laughs> Absolutely the, big surprise but, there. Well, but, you know, that, that's the other end of the woke. They got to do whatever they can. To right. Push the line. Push the big line. As to how evil, how evil the matter people are, how evil the Second Amendment is. It doesn't fit into their narrative. Of Marxism and all the other crap that they're doing. Well, but they're the, spewing out. Well, and like I, you know, don't waste your time. You don't need to be watching that stuff, Fred. It'll save your blood pressure. But like I was saying with this Greenville Mall thing is that even though the, you know, the, the shooter came in, he was stopped by the Good Samaritan. It was highlighted the fact that the mall was a gun free zone. Yet the yet the mall uh, owner, the property owners that own the mall, actually thanked and congratulated the Good Samaritan, uh, Elijah uh, uh, Dickerson, for shooting this guy, even though he had broken the mall rules by bringing his concealed carry piece inside. They aren't they aren't prosecuting him for bringing his firearm in. Um, and so I I you know I think we've got to think about this a lot of ways. And the New York case is just a blatant it is such a blatant end run around the um around the Bruin ruling. What they've done is they've created this patchwork enforcement. They've created this patchwork ability for people to be able to um carry their firearms. Essentially, if you're a concealed carry permit holder in New York State or in in New York State, you might be able or New York City specifically, you might be able to walk outside your house but you could potentially break the law within just two or three minutes of going outside your house by driving by or driving through an area. Uh, as you said, Times Square, private properties, uh, churches, um, uh, theaters, parks, all these places are now officially off limits. And so basically what they're doing is they're just making it a de facto gun-free zone uh, and still saying, well, of course you can get a concealed carry permit. You just can't carry anywhere because the permit doesn't cover these areas. And it, it's it, this thing is going to end up back in court again. Uh, I can tell you that, Fred, for nothing. Oh, yeah. I'll definitely run that. Hopefully on the end of the law. Somebody's going to carry a permit. You're, you're breaking up. happens to him on the street, you know what? They, they, they just open themselves. They just... They might as well just go ahead and jump off this point. Yeah, you're breaking you're breaking up a little bit there, Fred. Fred, you're breaking up a little bit there. You were saying what? There you go. Any better now? Good. Yeah, you're better now. Go ahead. I'm sorry. What were you saying about joining the lawsuit? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, the, yeah, the lawsuit. You know, I mean, they're just opening themselves up to all kinds of problems for themselves. But then again, this is what they do. You may be. More stupid follows stupid is what it is. Instead of coming up with a viable solution, 
just try to perpetuate the lie with a greater lie. You know, this is this is common. This is this is their everyday. You know, uh, this is their everyday. Uh, this is everyday workings for the progressive Democrats. You know, woke woke nitwits. You know, they they, right. they can't see. They don't have no common sense. Right. <laughs> well, uh, Fred, thanks for giving us your thoughts from back there uh, on the East uh, Coast, and I appreciate you calling in and listening to the show every Friday. Thanks for calling in. Uh, yep. let, let's go over here. We'll take another call here before we got to go to break. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Michael. This is Ron in North Pole. Hello, Mr. Ron. What's happening up in uh, Santa's backyard? Well, it's just another dreary day. <laughs> I heard somebody some, somebody posted in the chat room that it was 39 degrees in North Pole this morning. Well, to show you my level of interest, I haven't checked that yet. Okay, but, good. Uh, <laughs> at, any, at any rate, uh, <laughs> I recall here, in keeping with what Fred uh, started out with, that uh, a few years ago our friend uh, David Codria devised a uh, form uh, to take into uh, – uh, posted gun-free zones uh, and had one of uh, importance or decision-making uh, science saying that they would take full responsibility for uh, any and all uh, injuries caused in that establishment by uh, making it a gun-free zone. And I haven't heard anything more about it other than having seen it on his website a few times. It's just as an interesting aside. <laughs> Yeah, no, that is an interesting idea to actually walk in with a legal form that says here before I come in here and solicit your business and or patronize your businesses here inside your mall or wherever that you need to sign this for me uh, to indemnify me from any action that happens because you're disarming me at the door. Um, uh, you know, I, I remember him having that form out there. I don't know if it was actually ever used or if it was more tongue in cheek, but, uh, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely something to consider and something to think about, uh, when you go in there. Uh, but like I said, when the, when the rubber meets the road, first of all, here's my thought on this, Ron concealed means concealed, right? That's it. When you concealed carry concealed means concealed. Second of all, I see how, again, in this old Greensville mall shooting, there was no real pushback on the uh, Samaritan for stepping in there and saving people's lives. They didn't chastise him. In fact, they thanked him. So um, I think it it, it kind of goes back to that old axiom of better to be judged by 12 than carried by six, right? Uh, in, in those kind of situations. And uh, um but he's right. I mean, you're right. Kodri is right. We've been talking about this for a long time. These people would have to assume full legal responsibility for anything that happens to you if they disallow you the ability to defend yourself. Well, I, I would also point out in that uh, shooting that you uh, mentioned there, uh, it would undoubtedly ultimately come before a jury. And I think they'd have a hard time impaneling folks that, uh, would not take the side of the uh, Good Samaritan. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. Uh, all right, Ron. Well, thank you for calling in. I appreciate it. Hope you have a all great right. have you have a great Labor Day weekend, my friend. Thank you for uh, being part of it. All right, folks, we're up against the break. We've got more coming up here in just a moment. Uh, one more segment for phone calls. We'll talk a little bit more about the New York decision and some of the shenanigans that are going on there. Take your phone calls, and then Willie Waffle is going to be joining us at the end of the show this morning for our weekend movie and stream review. We'll be back with more of your phone calls and discussions on Firearms Friday right after this.
Now you're cooking with gas. The Michael Duke Show. Okay, uh, we're in the break. We're in the break right now, and uh, we're ready to jump into this. I see I've got one line on hold. Let's uh, go over there to this caller and get their name and where they're calling from so we can return to them as soon as we get back to the radio. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Terry calling from Kodiak. Okay, Terry, hold the line here, and I will uh, be right uh, be right back to you, okay? Someone is insistently calling me. Let me check this out. Interesting. Um, <clears throat> somebody with Alaska number with an Alaska business number, and it sounded like it was a scam call. See how that works? Maybe I should have, maybe I should have plugged them in and uh, and and done it right here live on the air for the next four minutes. We could have done something. Forty-seven in Fairbanks says David. Michael King is out in Salcha. He says it's thirty in Salcha. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, let me go back here and scroll through the chats to see what everybody's talking about here. Okay. The Rhinosphere Charlie will do anything to stop him. I'm not going to, uh, stop fighting for him to win. All right. Um, let me go over here. Uh, you need F-15s to take your country back. Uh, Liberal Mafia. Good morning from North Pole. Good morning, Pat. Thanks for coming in. So, MD... Um, the Supreme Court only hears appeals. They don't interfere in states' issues until an aggrieved party lays the case at their feet. And I agree. Uh, Like I said, I think there's going to be lawsuits in regard to what New York is doing, and it may take another 10 years for it to reach the Supreme Court again. I mean, I don't know. But eventually, at some point, they're going to have to say, you guys are just being cute and clever trying to get around the Brune ruling. Uh, and I think they'll have something to say. Um, let's see. Diane says citizens need to stop being complacent and get their act together by going out and help conservative candidates get elected. You do this by helping with doorbelling to get them elected, donating their campaigns, holding the corrupt elected leaders accountable. Fix the stolen elections. Get rid of the voting machines. Do paper ballots. One day voting. One person proof of membership. Voter ID. Get rid of ranked choice voting. Whew, man, you got a lot. It's a that's a it's a long diatribe, Diane. Not that you're wrong. It's just a lot of stuff compacted in that piece. Um. All right. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Forty seven in Fairbanks. Uh, Adam said. Um. I think a lot of these restrictions put on by the property owner go back to being able to acquire insurance. These restrictions are most likely required stipulation. Mm, Maybe, Um, maybe, Uh, but, uh, you know, and and maybe that's the case specifically in malls or theaters or things like that. But I would have a hard time. I would have a hard time uh, justifying that, uh, quite honestly, to myself. Um, but maybe they are, maybe a lot of the restrictions are about being able to acquire insurance. That's, you could be right, Adam, but I think a lot of this, I mean, the things in New York, that's all stipulated by the, at this point, that's been stipulated by the state and the city. Those are not, I mean, they're telling private businesses, they're telling private churches that they can't have armed parishioners. 
That's a state doing it. That's not the private. If the private citizen decides, if a private business or organization decides we don't want to have guns in here, that's totally their right. I totally support that. I mean, I also totally support not patronizing those businesses or going to those organizations or churches or whatever. But at the same time, if it's the state that's coming in, the government that's coming in and saying, uh, if it's a church, you can't do it. A, a public park. How can you justify in a public park that there should be no, I mean, that is public property. I mean, mm, mm, problematic to say the least. Problematic. But anyway, and we've all talked about, I mean, Dr. John Lott's been on the program talking about gun-free zones and how the vast majority of shootings have taken place in a gun-free zone. And in fact, many of the shooters talk about how they specifically chose gun-free zones because they're a target-rich environment and they will not be interrupted. That's, I mean, they've specifically spoken about that. All right, we got to get back to it. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-Based, Free Thinking Radio. It's a Matt Funicello. Uh, it's a it's a beach party, and you're invited. Welcome back to the program, the Michael Luke Show. Uh, taking your phone calls on this Firearms Friday, gun Q and A all day. We love to talk about it. We were just talking about gun free zones again, and I was reminded that Doctor Lot, Doctor John Lot, author of the book More Guns, Less Crime, the statistician, he writes for all over the. We were just talking about how a couple weeks ago we had him on the program, and we were talking specifically about. Uh, how the majority of shootings take place in these gun-free zones. And in fact, the shooters write in their manifestos and their diaries, and they, you find out that many of them chose those specifically because they're target-rich environments where they won't be interrupted by Good Samaritans. We see how that worked out for the Greensville shooter. Uh, we would hope that it would happen for more. Let's go over here to their phones. Terry's in Kodiak. Uh, she wanted to call in this morning. Terry, what's on your mind? Yeah, I don't know. Uh... I was kind of half listening uh, for part of the talk about the Greenville uh, incident, but uh, I, I remember seeing something. I'm sorry if I'm being redundant, repeating what somebody already said, but uh, if they didn't, uh, that uh, Elijah guy, the Good Samaritan, he was 40 yards away from the shooter and uh, when he took the guy out. <laughs> 40 yards, I just thought, wow, you know, people need to get there to the uh, ranges and start doing some serious uh, practicing if they want to <laughs> protect loved ones. And <laughs> um, So I just wanted to point that out. <laughs> Yeah, no, he was amazing. Uh, Forty yards is a long ways away. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, it was pretty impressive that he was able to put his rounds on target from that distance under pressure and under stress. Uh, there is a kid who obviously has been shooting for uh, quite a while and was very proficient with his handgun. A thirty to forty yard shot with a pistol is 
That's tough work. That is tough, tough work. Um, and uh, he was able to do it. So yeah, that's been that's been commented on several times that he really he really knew his stuff and uh, and it worked out well. And he saved a lot of lives those that day. So thank you, Terry, for uh, holding on and uh, and talking with us this morning. I appreciate it. Let's continue on with the phone calls over here. Uh, good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Michael. This is Tom from Kisilov. How are you today? Good, Tom. What's happening down on the peninsula today? Well, um, I'm going to tell you a, a story. Back in my days when I lived in California, I applied for my concealed carry and obviously was denied. But I was directed by the NRA. Uh, I actually knew somebody down there. And uh, they told me to go ahead and apply for it so you can physically get your rejection letter. Right. And make sure your loved ones have it. And this is from the NRA. So if an incident does occur and you are killed because you are unable to defend yourself, that now the state of California has become liable for your death. And your loved ones will own the state of California. <laughs> and well, that, that's that, actually, that's that actually... was their direction. And um, in the next breath, they said it's simply a numbers game, kind of like when a stoplight goes in versus a stop sign, how many people die. Right. It was the numbers game of how many letters are out there and what the odds of, of them having that situation occur. Right. And uh, when we're going to get in. Well, so that's an interesting. That was, a, that yeah. was probably seven or eight years yeah. ago. That's an interesting point because, you know, let's say, I mean, if a bunch of people applied, I mean, tens of thousands of people applied, and then statistically one of them had the unfortunate happen and they were killed. All it would take is probably one or two people who sued the state of California for the for their rejection and the uh, inability to defend themselves and for their family yeah. to, to sue the state where, I mean, it would it could cost a significant amount of money and uh, and they could I'm, win. You know, they absolutely. could win. Yeah, uh, it would. On, on a side note, it doesn't have to do with guns, but. Uh, when our daughters got old enough to go on field trips to the school, mm-hmm. we got the uh, the letter to sign that basically allowed our daughters to go on the field trip and ride the bus. Right. And and the letter said, we're not responsible, in a nutshell, for your kid. <laughs> I, I swear, where you signed, I, I wrote down, see back. And I wrote down um, with pretty harsh words, yes, you are. You, so, yes, you are they, responsible. They don't want to take responsibility. Yeah. No, they want to indemnify themselves so me, from all that stuff, and yet they're still there day in and day out. They're the ones that are taking responsibility for it. And, and their excuse was, well, you know, if something does happen, we really won't be responsible. I said, well, I'm not going to sit in the courtroom with your attorney lecturing me how I signed this piece of paper knowing that you weren't going to be responsible. Right. So it was quite a, quite a story. Real quick, um, I bought a PRN30. Mm-hmm. I always wanted one. One just happened to be sitting down there catching Mac. Right. So I bought it, and it's the coolest gun I've ever really owned. I shouldn't say that because I own a lot. But um, as soon as I got it, my buddy goes, "Oh, you heard about those?" I go, "What?" And he goes, "Well, there's problems with the magazine feeding." So sure enough, you go on YouTube, and there's problems with it. And I put 30 rounds in it, and it wouldn't feed. So they talk about shortening the magazine spring. So I first tested by zip-tying it up a couple inches, and it worked great. So I cut two and a half inches of spring out of each magazine, and the gun works great. 
and the, I, I can't believe that Caltech, after all this, these videos go back years, they're still selling a gun that has still, that issue. But I look, I love Caltech. All I did was cut to it. I love I love Keltec, right? I mean, I think that they're a cool, yeah. innovative company. Uh, they've made some very cool firearms over the years. I think the PRM30 is what for those people who don't know, PRM30 is a thirty-round, twenty-two magnum uh, pistol. Um, I mean, they're super, they're super neat. Um, but you're right. Sometimes I have to wonder their quality control sometimes is like, what, what were you thinking? If you said this is a known issue, it's been on for years. Why didn't they just cut two inches off the spring themselves? Yeah. You know, 30 shooting 30 rounds out of a, out of a pistol is, is just flat out fun. And you actually get to a point where you go, am I done? Am I done? Right. Am I done now? I've got an FM57. Yeah, I got an FF57 that you know shoots 20, but you go, okay, that was 50 bucks. You, oh yeah, so oh 22 yeah. 22 mag is kind of fun. Yeah, the 22 mag is definitely a better. And and the the problem is, I don't know how much you gave for the gun, um, but uh, the problem is, I wanted to get one here five or six years ago, and a good deal. Because like you just couldn't get it, you couldn't find him. A good deal at a gun show. Yeah. I, wa- I watched a guy pay seven hundred dollars for one at a gun show, and he was happy. He he was happy about it. You know what I mean? So hopefully, well, the, hopefully I, the supply is coming. I've been one for the same amount of time. Yeah, and I just happened to be down on Homer and walked into Catch Mac uh, Gear Shed, and there it was for four twenty five. I'm like, okay, oh, yeah. <laughs> That would have been money well spent for sure. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks for calling in this morning and sharing your thoughts with us. I appreciate it. Uh, Very good. You have a great day. You too. Have Take a great care. Have a great weekend. All right. Let's go over here. I think we got time for one more call. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey. Good morning, Michael. This is Cindy calling from Sterling. Hello, Cindy. What's on your mind? Hey. Um. I don't have a whole lot to talk about as far as guns go today. But I do want to say that there is, um, I'm one of the volunteers for the Charlie Pierce campaign. And um, all I can say is voting. We, <laughs> alive and well, folks. So um, that's what I have to say today. Yeah, Char- well, I think it's been pretty clear. Charlie's not going anywhere. Charlie is going to continue to fight. Uh, only reason I brought that letter up in hour one is because I just found it so. Well, I found it so arrogant and and ironic at the same time, um, and so that's the only reason I really brought that up. Yeah, Charlie is in it to win it, and uh, he's fighting hard, and uh, and I look forward to seeing him uh, on the ballot as well. So it's good to know he's got support. I yep. I, I so I so agree with you. I mean, I've lived in the state for forty years. Twenty five of it was in rural Alaska. And Charlie's listening, folks. So, yeah. gotta run. Thank you. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Cindy, for calling in. I appreciate uh, I appreciate you being part of it today. That's uh, what it comes down to. Okay. Um, oh, I'm a slave to the clock. I am a slave to the clock. I'm just checking things out right now. I've only got uh, about another minute or so here. So, uh, I will remind you, of course, that we will be off on Monday for the Labor Day holiday. That's uh, don't uh, don't uh, don't 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 get discouraged or surprised when you uh, when you show up on uh, on Monday and there's uh, just alternate programming on somewhere. I'll be back on Tuesday, so just that's the fair warning there, uh, and we'll uh, we'll dive back into the politics. I'm sure there'll be something new over the weekend. I'm sure something will happen for sure. Uh, all right, folks, uh, we are out of time. We got more coming up. 
The Michael Duke Show continues. Willie Waffle from WaffleMovies.com is going to come up and finish up our Friday broadcast on the lighter side. I'm hoping uh, we're going to get a chance to talk about uh, the new uh, Lord of the Rings uh, uh, show on Amazon and more. That's all coming up. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Oh, oh, yeah. Let's see. Five hundred bucks. Uh, Sim CMR thirty takes the same mag, says Greg. Um, I haven't. So, what is the CMR thirty? Now I'm curious. I don't think I've seen that CMR thirty Caltech. Uh, Caltech. Uh, no. Kel, uh, Kel dash tech. Okay. All right. Let me see what's, uh, the CMR CP. I don't even know what it is. All right. Uh, I'll have to go, uh, CMR 30, uh, Kel tech. Um, oh, it's a little, uh, it's a carbine. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. I like it. I like it. Um, the two, I wanted a, uh, yeah, that's pretty, that's a pretty nifty little rig. That is a pretty nifty little rig. I like that. Um, 630 bucks. That's not a bad retail value. Uh, I would like to, uh, uh, I would love to see that the Keltec. Should I, I guess, do I need to share this with you people so you can see what I'm talking about? Um, let me go over here. I got this, I got this cool new feature that allows me to uh, share screen. Uh, yes, please. Uh, yes, please. There we go. Uh, look at that. You guys don't need to see the timers. The CMR30. Yeah. That's a pretty nifty little, uh, that's a pretty nifty little compact gun, isn't it? I like it. And again, 22 Magnum. That's a 22 uh, Winchester Magnum. This is the other one. I'd love to have a Keltec uh, KSG, um, the shotgun. There's just a couple, you know, there's just a couple guns from Keltec that I really, really like. But again, $900 to $1,200 for a shotgun. You got to really want it. Um, but the KSG is nice. The one I all have wanted for 10 years is the uh, RFB right there? Brink right there. The Caltech RFB. I've wanted one of those for so so long. Um, that is the coolest little rifle, um, out there, right there. Uh, it takes FNL mags, FNFAL mags, and uh, it it's over. <laughs> I mean, the overall length on it is, is 27 inches from end to end. It's got an 18-inch barrel, but it's only 27 inches long, just over two feet long. That's because, again, the barrel starts back back here in the very back. This is where the barrel starts back here. So it's 18 inches from here to here, 27 inches over long, overall. 
and it ejects out the uh, – does it still eject out the front? Did they change that? Or is it eject? Where is it ejecting? Because it used to eject out the front. I don't know if they've modified it. It's been a while since I've taken a look at one. But it used to eject out the front of the rifle. Um, uh, anyway, I I would still love to have one of these. You know, I should put it on my Amazon wish list, shouldn't I? And what was this other one that they said? The DDRDB? Uh, oh, I see. The RFB is the 7.62 and then the RDB is the 5.56. Does it take AR mags? Yeah, it takes AR mags. So, um, great. Uh, I still want the RFB, not the RDB. I want the RFB. So, those are really the only guns left on my. Uh, those are the only guns left on my uh, on my wish list for the. That's what I want. The wish list. Um, okay. Uh, all right. Let me go back over here. Um, the CMR cool is even cooler. CMR is cooler. I think it's pretty cool. Takes the same mags. Uh, have Charlie on Monday to dispel the garbage from Kirka. Charlie was just on on Monday. I mean, he's, you know, and I'm not going to be here on Monday. Um, come on, come on, come on. Great bug out set. Did the governor candidates have a form at the oil and gas conference? Threaded and suppressor ready. Uh, let's see. Uh, you need at least a 12 gauge. How many guns do you have? One. I don't have any guns. I lost them all in a in a tragic canoe accident. Um, I think you meant solvent traps. Exactly. <laughs> uh, no, the Caltech KSG is not a gun for birds. You're not shooting birds with that gun. You could be shooting bears with that gun, but not birds. That's not what it's. Uh, that's not what it is uh, designed for. So. Uh, all right, we're coming up on it here. We're about 20 seconds out, uh, and boop, ding, there we go. Phone's ringing. We're ready to go. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like and share, like and share. Here we uh, go. Okay. Hi there. Ho there. Big holiday weekend is about to appear. But before we do that, we gotta we gotta get all the entertainment things in. Willie Waffle, uh, WaffleMovies.com. He comes in every week to give us the rundown, and today's no different. Good morning, my friend. How are you? Well, I'm doing pretty good. I mean, hey, let's be honest. This is the end of summer weekend, and uh, you know we've we've got something that just screams fall. It just says yeah. It's going to start getting a little colder, and the leaves are going to turn, and you're, you're going to want to settle down and watch this. Are you talking about pumpkin spice? Is that what you're talking about? Oh, well, no, no. no. Is it PSL pump, season? Pump, <laughs> pumpkin spice is delicious. I don't care what anybody <laughs> says, okay? I had a pumpkin pie three weeks ago. That's yeah, how hardcore exactly. I am. You are hardcore, my friend. All right, it's probably not pumpkin spice. So what is it that brings on the holidays like or the, or the wintertime like nothing else, I guess? Dude, that would be the Lord of the Rings, all right? <laughs> so, yes, I mean, come on. They, they got the new series on Amazon, right? right premiered right. last night. Right. You know, the Rings of Power. And yeah, baby, it's a prequel. 
And yeah, they're going to take their darn sweet time. Let me tell you, okay? This thing's supposed to be going for five seasons, right. all right? They, they, this, this first season is going to be eight episodes. I assume they're all going to be eight episodes. And uh, believe me, when you watch the first episode, you're like, "Yep, they are. They are not rushing anything. Yeah, they're they're, they're just uh, they're just gonna just kind of mosey on down the road." Right? There's <laughs> there's this thing called pacing, and you don't have it. Is that what's going on? Well, you know, you're, you're just kind of waiting for stuff to happen. Like it's I like I know there's gonna be a story. I know there's gonna be a plot. I mean, we're starting to get a feel for it, right? You know, the elves have just you know shown up in Middle Earth and. They get all beaten up by the orcs, and years and years later, Galadriel, the one elf who still believes the orcs are out there, and the evil is coming back in the form of Sauron. Well, nobody really believes her because, you know, she's kind of a downer, and the elves right. are ready to just celebrate. Right. But Go she's right. No, but she's right. Of course she's <laughs> right. Wait, it is a prequel. I've seen what happens afterwards, so I know what's going on. Um, all right. right. Um, well, do you want to get down into the details of it, or do you want to wait till after we do the entertainment stuff? What do you say? Oh, gosh. You know, I, I'll, I'll get some details here because I don't want to run out of time on this okay. one. Okay, go think ahead. We, Take we, your time. We need to give this one something. Okay. Okay, first of all, it looks amazing. I mean, this you can tell all the money they put into this thing. I mean, it looks like a top-notch, 100% awesome movie, okay? So that's a good thing. Dialogue's okay. I feel like they're just taking so much time. I mean, we kind of start to get a feel for the different characters. We start to get a different feel for, like, all the different, like, groups of beings in Middle-Earth and... They're just going to take a long time. Have I mentioned they're going to take a long, long, <laughs> long time to actually tell you what's going on. But at least they ended the first episode with a moment that will make you want to tune into the second one. Okay. All right. So it's uh, what you're saying is it's a little slow. It's a little, a little slow. <laughs> it's a little, a little kinda, slow. Yeah. Kind of, kind of. Oh. But is this, look, are the Lord of the Rings fans, and I know that, man, there's been so much buzz about this, and there's been so much haterade that's been drunk over this, uh, and I was burned so bad on the Wheel of Time, I don't even know what to think at this point. Are any, are the Lord of the Rings fans, are they going to be excited, or, I mean, the average viewer, I mean, what do you say? Where, where do you fall on that spectrum, and then what do you say, what do you think is going to, what the response is going to be? So I'm more of an average person, okay? Like, I... You know, I've seen the Lord of the Rings. I enjoyed all the movies, uh, not so much the Hobbit movies. Uh, so, you know, I have not been waiting with bated breath like the real hardcore Lord of the Rings people are. And I think that they're going to be excited to see it come to life, right? You know, they're going to be excited to see this part of the story developed and put on the screen. Right. Now, now granted, it's not it's not a direct uh, it's not a direct adaptation from from any single book. I mean, uh, closest one is what the Similiron. I can't even pronounce Sim the Similiron, right? Similiron, yeah. Which you know is more of the history and and some of the ideas that we're going to see and some of the some of the events that we may see. So you know, if you're really hardcore, you might be upset that they're actually fleshing that out. But I think the Lord of the Rings fans will be happy. I think the rest of us are really hoping some exciting stuff happens in, in, in episodes two and three. Or, um, you know, there's there's the uh, Star Wars Andor coming up, like, in a couple of weeks. <laughs> in a couple of weeks, right, because they're like, okay. <laughs> uh, and so I know they've got a lot to set up here. I mean, is it, like, full of exposition? Is it just it does it is or is it just slow? I mean, is it just like we're kind of bobbing from one thing to the other? Are we getting enough backstory, or is it just could it have used we're a little punch-up in the edit? 
we're getting some backstory. I mean, you know, they, they do a great job kind of summarizing things at the beginning of the first episode. Uh, you know, kind of the, the history and, and the battle between the elves and the orcs and, and uh, why it's so important to Galadriel to find evil and to stop evil again. You know, we, we get that. And then once we leave there, we're starting to get little pieces, little nuggets that are advancing the story. You know, as, as we see uh, the interactions of the different characters, as we, we they're starting to try to give them some personalities so we understand who they are. Uh, so, you know, it's one of those things where if they pay it off fast enough, it'll work. But, but I think got, they got to pay it off. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and of course, Galadriel is not played by Clay, uh, Kate Blanchett, who, uh, or uh, yeah, Kate Blanchett, who played her in the movies. They've got another actress because she's much younger, like thousands of years younger at this oh, point, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. And a bunch of other people, most of which I've never heard of, um, which, you know, again, plays back to the whole Wheel of Time thing. Um, so I don't know what, give me a, give me a, the acting, the, the, you say the set looks amazing. The the props look amazing. How about the acting? You know, the acting so far solid. Um, you know, there hasn't there hasn't been any really great big challenges yet to any of the actors. And I think that's that's the thing you're waiting. You're waiting to see what kind of chops they have when it really, really counts. And I'm I'm with you. I I, I couldn't tell you who any of these people are except right. for like one. You know, right, like, right. And I only know the one because she she has a little bit of a controversial history in Hollywood. Uh, but, you know, that's about it. Right. And, and so, you know, they are going to be these characters, which I think the Lord of the Rings fans are going to like. You know, let's face it. It can get a little distracting if you're looking at Johnny Depp and he's supposed to be another character. You're like, but yeah, he's Johnny Depp. Right. right, right. And I, I think that'll be the advantage that they have here. For, for rings of power and, and but i think the disadvantage will be you know they have not started filming season two yet so if this thing does really 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 well they're all going to want more money right right <laughs> it's true i mean it's it's true it's how it works um all right so negative one to four waffles on the first episode only i mean this is the first episode i guess we'll have to do this episode by episode but what do you say <laughs> i'll go two and a half waffles i think there's promise. There's hope. But it's got to, did I mention it has to pay off really soon? Yeah. Like really soon. Like really, really soon. Right, right. Well, speaking of hope, how about a new hope? Uh, and a new hope is uh, is worth a lot of money. Uh, Han Solo, uh, of course, star of Star Wars, A New Hope, the first, the first, the fourth first episode, um, uh, of course, had his iconic blaster, which we've talked about on Firearms Friday many times. It's a Mauser uh, that's been modified and uh, and had a bunch of stuff tacked onto it. And it became, I mean, it became famous. I remember when I was a kid, I had a plastic replica. You know, I had the plastic version of it as a kid. Uh, so cool, you know, so cool. Uh, but they have one of the original ones, and it just went off for auction this last weekend, and it took in a bank. Big time. Holy smoke. So so this is one of the originals actually used by Harrison Ford. And and they point out like where you can see it, when he's wearing it. Uh it's it's towards the uh, towards the end of the uh, first movie when he goes to the big celebration and they get they get their medals and it's kind of right. strapped to his leg. Right. And so, you know, and it's one of the last survivors of the original three. Like like one of them sold like back in like 2017. And so it's kind of off the market. This is the only one that's like publicly available. And when it went up for auction, the price was one 
million dollars. <laughs> well, this one's got kind of a strange providence, right? Because it it was reported missing after the first movie. It just disappeared. And so, yeah. so then they had to recreate it. They made a replica for the next two movies. And then it just showed up again. I mean, just out of the blue. Yeah. It was like somebody put it in the bottom of a toolbox and forgot about it or something. Right. That's what I want to know. I want to know where did it come from? Where did I mean, like, seriously, I'm with you. Who when somebody loses something, usually it's gone forever. Well, what, well, you know, what was it like in Harrison Ford's like closet? And you went, oh, look at this. I mean, that's right. I want that story. I can't find that story to save my life. Right. Which probably means someone from the prop department stole it. Right. <laughs> and then feel guilty about it or turned it back or it ended up or. Uh, or when they passed away, the family found it and went, oh, we can make some money on this. Yeah, maybe that's it. Uh, <laughs> ironically, the the gun's got an even longer history, though. It was used in a Frank Sinatra movie as well, the original Mauser, apparently. Yeah, that's really cool. It was it was used as a prop gun in uh, Frank Sinatra's movie, The Naked Runner. And, uh, you know, because Star Wars was not really a big premiere uh, movie project, uh, the set decorator had to kind of go looking around for stuff. And he found this, and he put a bunch of old surplus military parts on it, and it became the coolest gun in the history of movies. Yeah. No, I'm, I mean, I, I dig it. Like I said, I dig it. But I, I don't dig it a million bucks worth, okay? But, you know, hey, I guess if it's an investment, they ain't making more of them, so it'll probably just appreciate in value. Um, all right. We got time for one more story before – because I, I do want to get to the patient. But quickly, Netflix has now announced, or I guess it, the rumor is, is that they're going to come up with their ad-supported tier – and they're not doing what Disney did, which is our ad-supported tier is what you're currently paying. And if you want to keep the ad, you got to pay more. No, they've decided that they're going to meet or beat, right? Is that the deal? Yeah. So right now, the rumor is the, the ad-supported tier for Netflix, which will kind of be rolled out in the fall in a couple of select markets. And then, you know, everywhere else as we get towards spring, it will be 7 to $9 a month, which this is the way you do it, people. I'm with you. What Disney did was greedy and evil. Netflix is going, hey, if we're going to put ads on this thing, we'll let you right. pay less than the people who don't get ads. Right. You know, that seems like the fair and good thing to do. And that puts Netflix one step up on Disney Plus right now. Oh, I agree. Yeah, because I think I'm paying 14 bucks a month right now for Netflix. And if you're willing to you know, give it to them for half or maybe almost half and you get ads, that seems fair and reasonable. I expected that from Disney. And unfortunately... The evil empire strikes again. That's yeah. just all it and, is. Right. The explanation of why we do an ad-supported tier is always because people don't necessarily want to or they can't spend the full amount of money for our current subscription. Right, right. So we'll we'll give them something cheaper, but to make up for it, we'll put ads on and we'll make money from that. That seems like a fair trade. Disney decided they wanted to have their cake and eat it, too. Well, I'm glad Netflix is doing that again. Maybe it'll put them up in the uh, in the streaming wars, and we'll figure out what's going on. All right, we got about two minutes here. Uh, I've been hearing a lot of things about this, a lot of buzz. Donald Gleason is a man on the edge uh, in this new Hulu series called The Patient. Um, give me the rundown here. Yeah, this is actually pretty cool, and and I I feel a lot like uh, about this one, like I feel about the the Rings of Power and the Lord of the Rings series. Yeah, it seems like we've got a really good setup. You know, Steve Carell is this therapist. He's gone through a lot of troubles recently in his personal life. Um, he's seeing this patient, Don Hall Gleason, who just doesn't seem to be wanting to share. Doesn't just seems to be going around in circles. Doesn't seem to want to really get to the point. 
until one night he kidnapped Steve Carell. And now he feels he can be honest with him and tell him that I want you to help me stop killing people. <laughs> Please help me stop killing people. And, <laughs> and at that point, I think Steve Carell realizes that uh, if he can't help him, he may be in trouble. That's right. Basically, I have to stop him from wanting to kill people or he'll probably kill me. Right. Exactly. Okay? And, and, right. and that's what's so fun about this about the series is that back and forth. The idea that, you know, they're, they're kind of playing this cat and mouse game and each one is really trying to just survive. OK, uh, less than 45 seconds, negative one to four waffles, hot hits and misses. What do we got? I'm going two and a half waffles. I really like Corral. Um, I, I think that the best dialogue so far has gone to Gleason, and he has the more interesting character right now uh, because, you know, as he starts to reveal all these feelings and all these things that have happened, you start to realize, oh, dear God, Steve Carell is going to die. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> well, and, and Gleason comes from, of course, of Brendan Gleason's his dad. He's got his yeah. brother. He's got, I mean, everybody's an actor. He's a phenomenal actor, so I, I, I'm looking forward to watching this. It's on my to-do list. All right. Uh, that's it for today, folks. We're out of time. We'll waffle thank you my friend we will see you guys on tuesday don't forget i'm off on monday for labor day we'll see you then have a great weekend be kind love one another live well Well, I got to say, Willie's a pretty fart smeller. I mean, a pretty smart feller uh, for giving us all that Lord of the Rings stuff up front because, uh, yeah, we would have run that one right out. Um, I'm glad you did it. Uh, again, Donald Gleason uh, is uh, is a great actor, and I think that this – I've heard psychological, really intense – uh, kind of a just a real good thriller kind of thing. And what does it got? Just one episode out right now, right? They're dropping them one at a time again. So, yeah. So what Hulu does is they, they put out the first two episodes on Tuesday. And then they're going to drop one more every week until the end of the series, which I think is like like seven or eight uh, episodes. Uh, so, yeah, they're going to go a little bit slow. Kind of Well, they're doing the same thing with The Lord of the Rings. You know, you, you've got two episodes this weekend and then one episode until they uh, they hit all eight episodes by mid-October. Uh, but yeah, I, I just think that the, the, I like the patient. I think the setup is so great. And, and you know, the idea of Steve Carell, you know, a really smart guy trying to figure out how is he going to get out of this situation? And you see the wheels turning and you see the planning and the plotting. You see how he's trying to think, how can he cover up his tracks? Because if this guy figures out he's trying to escape, He'll kill him, you know, so that's really cool. And, and in the second episode, that's where they start to settle in. And we start to see Carell maybe is starting to come up with a plan. Okay. Well, and that's, this is an unusual because Steve Carell normally is just, he's a comedian, right? I mean, the office and everything else and, and space force and 40 year old virgin, you expect him to just be kind of a, uh, you know, just the, the funny guy, but this is some serious acting stuff from what I hear. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, let's not forget. I mean, he has done some serious stuff over the years. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Little Miss Sunshine, a great example where, yeah, there was a lot of comedy to that, but that was a very serious role for him. Uh, you know, he's been doing the morning show on, on Apple uh, on Apple TV Plus. Uh, so he's trying to expand. He's trying to do other things because, you know, he, he knows that, that comedians, you, 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 you don't get a chance to be a comedian all of your career right you right. know as you get a little bit older 
you know, you get some more serious opportunities. You know, Steve Martin did this perfectly, you know, where he really did transition. And Bill Murray has done this too. They right. transitioned into a lot of drama. They still do comedy, but they've they've increased their opportunities for work. Right. Even both. even Adam Sandler has done this a bit as yeah. well, you know. So yeah, so you can see that uh it's you know, they gotta evolve. They've got to adapt or die. That's that's what it comes down to. All right. Well, that's good news. Uh we did uh what about uh House of the Dragon? Have you watched the next episode yet? Or are you are you catching up on that or what I'm you... gonna have to get caught up on that. I'll tell you, you know, here you know what my big problem is with with uh -oh. with uh with them okay i'm just i'm just okay. gonna put it out there all right it seems like they go for a lot of salaciousness and shock and and, and i i i kind of like where the lord of the rings is going where we we have a pretty interesting story that's laying out there right and, and you know i i just i don't know if if i'm as big a fan as the game of thrones because i just i have always felt like there was this this factor of let's see how crazy we can make this to pull people in. Mm. Well, I will say my wife watched the first episode without me, which almost caused a divorce, but uh, no, uh -oh. not really. Uh, but she watched it. And then I said, well, before we watch it, let's go back and rewatch the first, you know, so that they'll all drop. I don't have to wait. And then I'll be all caught up. Right. Uh, even though it's a prequel, I wanted to refresh my memory on this. And so we watched the first season uh, over a weekend or four days or something. And she said, I got to say the new one, is all this is some of these are pretty tame compared to the old stuff. And I'm like, really? She goes, yeah. <laughs> I mean, these people like getting their heads chopped off and blood and she goes, no, it's pretty tame compared. The new one is pretty rough in the first episode. And so maybe, like you said, maybe they're going for the darker, bloodier, broodier times. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I still enjoy, I read the books all before the stuff came out. So I was, I already knew it was going to be, you know, rough and, and this is not, this is not your dad. This is not Tolkien, right? This is, this no. is some, rough, <laughs> this is some rough stuff. But, uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I'll have to, uh, you'll have to get caught up and tell me what you think. Okay. Um, I've got to get through about five more seasons before I get to the actual, uh, before I get to the new one. So, uh, anyway, all right. Well, Willie Waffle, uh, what are we doing? What are we doing next week? Next week? I am actually kind of excited about this movie. It is a remake of Pinocchio on Disney plus starring tom hanks as geppetto it's a live action is that is that what it is or? well yeah there's some live action there's some cgi uh so you're gonna have a lot of like jiminy cricket is gonna be cgi uh you know pinocchio is gonna be cgi and uh, you know it's from robert zemeckis who who does like to do a lot of that stop motion kind of right stuff. right uh you know so uh you're gonna you're gonna get that kind of feel and taste it didn't is this I, this movie's been around for a while, hasn't it? Or is it just coming out? Or is it they just now releasing it? Because I seem to remember it's called Geppetto, right? Is that what it is? No, no. This is this is this is Pinocchio. Pinocchio. This okay. is Pinocchio. Right. Yeah. No, but you're right. There's lots of different tellings of Pinocchio. Matter of fact, there's another one that's going to be coming out this fall. That's going to be more of a darker, uh, darker kind of uh, un unnerving version of Pinocchio. Right. So this uh, will so, be this will be like what yeah. they did with the Pooh Bear thing, right? Where it's the horror poo. <laughs> now it'll be oh, horror man. Pinocchio. He'll he'll strangle you with his strings or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Watch out for that nose. Yeah. Exactly. It's go straight through your heart. Oh man. All right, <laughs> Willie Waffle, WaffleMovies.com. Thank you, my friend. It's good to talk with you. We'll see you next week. All right, see you next week. Have a good Labor Day. Folks, we're out of time for Reels. We will see you on Tuesday.
We've shed our terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show. 